Our guest today is a producer, an engineer. He's done a lot of legendary records in our scene, uh, anywhere from Hatebreed, Dillager Escape Plan, uh, three Suicide Silence records. So, so he's been doing it. Uh, he just hit the uh, three-decade mark, so congratulations to our guest. Uh, he's, he's done a lot for, for the scene and the genre, and if you're listening to a heavy record, most likely you're going to see his name in the credits. So let's get into it. Hope you all enjoy. Please welcome Steve Evitz. We have some fresh pots. Fresh pots. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thank you for making that drive down here, man. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, um, it's like muscle memory. For, Was it really? Oh, God. I just, I, could, I didn't even have to, no direction. I mean, I shared it with you because I wanted you to see where I was at for yeah. traffic wise, but yeah. I didn't need it. I don't need the maps to get here. I can just. Yeah, you, you drove I, here. I made many a times. lot of drives out here. You were just showing me videos that uh, that you took in this room ten in this years ago. Very room, more than ten ten years and a few months ago. Wow, that was January of twenty eleven. The Black Crown. Wow, yeah, because the Black Crown's gonna hit ten years pretty soon. But yeah, but we, we were hanging out. Uh, I mean, the Black Crown's record. It is ten years now. Like, it's ten years since we completed the record. True. Because right. we yeah we wave finished it. It was like the mixing was finished in May. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were getting mixes back, and why were we getting, this is why I'm a little bit confused. We were getting mixes, but we were still at the Omen Room. Remember mm, that? We were? I think, yeah, because we finished a couple, and Zeus was just kind of, uh, you know, he was staying ahead of us. Oh. That's what it was. Like, he just, well, like, I think he, he test mixed or whatever, and he... Got the first mix and we were all like, "Yeah, cool." And yeah. then he's like, "Well, he's he was ready to go." So we finished a few and then sending him, and then we were just finishing up like the last little bits, mostly uh, finishing up Mitch's vocals. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Didn't we like leave the studio for a little bit to, to play some show? It was a dumb idea. What I can't, I'm I'm trying to remember now. Like, my memory's foggy from that uh, from that point, but I think you did. It was 10 years ago. It was. It was <laughs> no. Was it a cruise? Did you do a metal cruise or something? No, almost. No. Almost. You were going to. Yeah. And then you didn't. But then I think you did like, oh, no, it was like um, I think it was South that. America or something. You did a, it was a foreign tour, but it was only like a two-week quick little stint. It was something, yeah. And then came back to finish a couple of things. Yeah, we, we learned that, that never do that ever again. <laughs> Never do it again. Everybody says that, but they'd always, oh, we got, we, you know, yeah, no big deal. We got time. We got time. We got time. We don't have any time. We got to go on the road. Shit. Yeah. Okay. You know, now, now it's easier because like a lot of times like, oh, I have a recording rig. Oh, just send me that guitar overdub and I'll reamp it or whatever. Not huh. that I want to always do that, but it, it yeah. does make it easier. The, even, even, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't nearly as easy to do. And now it's a lot easier. I mean, I've had to do it so many times where it's like, band doesn't finish or whatever. Oh, but you know what? We have another idea. Well, you're on the road. Well, we've got a rig in on the bus. We can just send you a, a guitar file or whatever. Really? Yeah, yeah. It happens. Happens a lot. Wow. Is this 
is this recent? I mean, in the last like five, six years for sure, easily. Whoa. But even even so, like, you know, I mean, I've done so many times where it's like, I mean, nowadays it's like somebody in the band. I mean, you have, you know, you have stuff, you know, Alex was always a guy, like a recording guy. He would yeah. send me files or whatever, you know, like. True. There's always a guy in the band. That, yeah. That does this, at least to some degree of proficiency that you can, you know. Someone hear what's going on. Someone. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. there's also that there's also that uh, danger of never being done. <laughs> True. Hey, one more thing. I have an idea. Let's add this other thing. Yeah. Okay. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? Like the way like, uh, you know, oh, like things can still be getting done. Like, as opposed to like, you know, a few years, you know, uh, people can still sing singing tracks and it's kind of like the way of like, of like the future. How do you feel about that? <sighs> I mean, there's a, there's a definite plus side to it for, yeah economy of time like something like that like oh we're not finished and like oh there's like a quick couple little guitar overdubs that we needed to we wanted to add or even i would say yeah. like after the fact like i'm mixing and i'm like you know what i hear this thing like and i like over the phone like meh, 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 like like actually hum a melody like yeah. hey can you give me a guitar that goes meh, 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 really yeah like, or whatever cool. and that's, like that's they go cool. oh yeah i can send you something like that and then they send it to me and i can layer it into the mix huh that it's great, but at the same time, like I said, there's there's also, I think there's still something to be said for having a producer and having a, a some sort of singular vision to, yeah. to as a as quality control for the record because if if everybody wants to add something, there's like I said, you can there's the danger of never being done. Yeah. Go, oh, one more thing sounds good, but one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you've you've had pretty much every kind of scenario. You've you you you've done records with uh, a lot of time, and there's you've done records that you need a, a short amount of time. Uh, yeah, I have. And <laughs> the older I get, it's like I don't know how I did some of those records in this in the you know in the speed I did. Yeah. Like you talk to like um, if you talk to like Jamie from Hatebreed, like yeah. that first Hatebreed record. Yeah. Nine days, we did that record in nine. Nine days. days, and then, you know, how many years later we we covered Last Breath for <laughs> You Can't Stop Me, but I did it again. But uh, shout out to Hatebreed and Jamie. But hey, 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 Jamie. Yeah. But yeah, um, nine days, including mixing. We tracked it in seven, and I think I mixed it in two. Wow, you mixed it in two days. Two days. That is that's crazy, and uh, you know, that's my. Especially if you're in the scene or or in a metal scene, you you have like a favorite Steve Evitz record, and that and that record is mine. Really, Satisfaction is my is my Steve Evitz record. I I was jamming it uh this, I, I, this whole week. I'm like, damn, this this well, record. I, and well, now I walked in. You were jamming Incantation. Yes, yeah. like the first record I, I ever produced. First record I ever produced. Did you put that on for my sake, or did you were you actually listening to it? <laughs> Out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, that was uh, came out in '92, but you did it in '91, correct? Yep, that's for uh, those of you keeping score. That's 30 years ago. Well, Steve Evans, congrats on three decades. <laughs> thank you. That is an accomplishment for real. <laughs> well, thank you, but I, you know, it's funny. Like I, I, I tell people, oh, I produced that record because you know other people have asked me about that over the years. Um, but that was a. I don't really consider myself producing records for real. I mean, I guess the first record I considered really producing 
was MOD. That was the year later. That was 92. But my producing career really didn't start really going until like 96, 97 is when yeah. I started doing all those records, all those victory records. Yeah. Um, Snapcase, Hatebreed, all that stuff. Uh, that's when I really started like actually like, okay, now I'm just working on records because I was the staff engineer at Tracks East in, in South River, New Jersey. Uh, so like Incantation, they just basically just booked studio time. So I was yeah. the de facto producer. Yeah. But I was really the house engineer. Okay. And I produced the record, but, you know, I mean, and I had my ideas, but I wasn't really a producer producer then you know, considering, yeah. I mean, I still do a lot of what I do now and it's like the quality control thing, but I wasn't really working on arrangements or anything like that. I was just recording them and getting great, you know, trying to get the best sounds possible, trying to get the best performance possible. Yeah. But it was a very broad sense of production rather than like really digging in to any kind of like feel of things or it's just like, okay, this sounds good. All right. That sounds good. That sound like a good take. Okay. That's good. Move on. You know, I mean, and again, totally. we did that record in like, I think a week, a the week. incantation. Yeah. Like, uh, it was, it was like a week and then a couple of other weekends. We did it over huh. a span of like a, you know, in a month or whatever, but it was like one solid week or five days, like a work week, Monday to Friday. And then like a couple of other weekend blockouts at tracks because the guys weren't really full time and it was like on yeah. their off days you yeah. know, from work. So we recorded on the weekends. We blocked out the full weekend and Dude. did that. Yep. What a trip, huh? I mean, shout fun. out to John McTee. That's uh, he's still doing incantation. Beautiful. He's the only original member and he wasn't the singer. Now he is, but he, he took over vocals awesome. on the later records, but he's this guy, Craig, the other guitar player was the singer yeah on that record it's a trip that uh we were we we're, were just talking when, when you walked in like you kind of came out of the gate swinging for putting quality on death metal or or, or any kind of like genres that aren't really known to have quality recordings you know, yeah so, so you kind of came out of the gates well thank you kind of striving for for a good sounding record or song. you know the funny thing is it wasn't even ever a conscious thing it was just like when i would hear stuff like when i would think of death metal i wasn't even really into death metal at the time but i i was telling you before there was a death metal scene in new jersey and i started working with a lot of the, the local the jersey bands that were yeah. in that scene uh incantation and then uh there was this other one called demodacy and then ripping corpse i didn't work with ripping corpse but they were awesome you ever, you ever hear them i never heard amazing them. amazing the bass player was like this complete monster like yeah. Unbelievable band. Um, uh, and uh, Mortician, like I said, Mortician. I did that. Yeah, I did that split seven inch with Mortician and Incantation, which is how I got to do the Incantation record. Wow. Um, but I would think of death metal when I would think of like Venom, like At War with Satan or something like that. And I'm like, you know, I could understand what they were doing, but I thought those records always sounded like crap. They're not, yeah. they don't, just like a big blur of like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, and you know maybe that's the cool part about it. But like I was like sure. like going like oh, when I hear when I would hear like I originally approached that when I would listen to I was telling you like like Slayer like Seasons in the Abyss like I'm like okay that's what it should sound like or you know like yeah that's what I thought 
I tried to make it sound like I'm like make it sound like Slayer kind of you know like yeah. they were using like crate amps just like the most horrific you know nice <laughs> yeah. contour blasted contour yeah just contour. like to, yeah, it just it's just scoop and wherever you move the scoop you turn the knob it's like what what is contour <laughs> come here from a pro. I don't know but I think <laughs> it's basically just a mid scoop and then it's like wherever the frequency how much you're scooping and and like you literally if you swept this contour it would sound like a phaser because it would just like scoop and you just move it around like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I need to buy one now and just do that effect that 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 you did. Like Steve, mic it up. I just want to do this phaser. Uh huh. Yeah, it's just like it's just the contour. most scooped sounding. Just. Just. And that's that uh, that record, right? That's that record. I don't even know Damn. the series crate it was but i know i remember the i remember can remember it like it's yesterday so it didn't have tolex like a marshall head on it but it had like fuzzy almost like carpet on the outside of it it was like huh. black like fuzzy oh the carpet ones the car oh, it's, it was the carpet crates dang that's sick and it had like the red knob or multicolored knobs yeah. and the red knob was i think the the contour if i remember right but like Dude, when when they had the uh, fuzz on the on the amps, mm -hmm. that's like. Then they tried the 90s, to make 80s. a better sounding one. It was the Excalibur. You remember the Crate Excalibur? Yeah. That was like the, that was the one that everybody was using for a while. Yeah, if you if you had a Crate, like you were known as like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in high school, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I know, you know, we were we were all talk about crates and how like you like you want to have like the contour. It was, Dude, it was so sick. It was like we have no like idea what you're doing you make like your sick tone out of your little combo in like your room then you play in like a room or like the studio like where's where the sound go well it's <laughs> it's because you know the thing you learn as a as a player and as, as me as a producer too is that everything can't like by itself it's like an interesting sound it's not really great but it's like it's big really big sounding like yeah. it's like just like like i said scoop like extreme lows and extreme yeah. highs yeah but the problem is that you learn later on that every sound can't be the biggest sound because if everything's big nothing's big oh yeah you have to learn how to fit it within the framework and it's that's the same as as a musician and an artist like yeah. Working in the band, you can't just make it all about yourself. It's about the combination of everybody. So it's not just everybody trying to be the biggest, the biggest thing in the room. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we all we all can't be Dan Kenny, you know. We could try. <laughs> shout, out, shout out. We could try. Shout out to. Oh, our, check our out this toilet. Player. It's so sick. It's so oh. sick. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, like, you did something. Um, when we were doing the uh, last record, you like came in and told, I don't know what you did, but I was like, I was like, how did you do that? I was like, we turned the bass down and the and the, and the guitar is up and then like the bass sounded louder. I remember when that happened. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and I'm still I'm still actually confused by it. Like when well, we were doing pre-production, you mean? Yeah, a pre-pro for mm -hmm. uh for the for the latest record. Yep. Remember you told DK to turn down us up a little bit and something happened to the bass frequency and went up. Mm -hmm. I remember being tripped out. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell just happened, but it sounds good. So I'm not even going to say anything. Well, it was a, it was a combination of him and then also me taking the bottom end off your guitars a little bit Maybe that's to what it make was. room for the bass. Maybe that's what it it's was. It's the same thing. Like I said, if it's like if if you guys both had like all this extreme low end on the guitars, mm -hmm. then you can't hear what the bass is doing. But if you just 
it's like carving out stuff. It's like the same way I approach like, you know, when you're getting tones in the studio. Yeah. It's like you got to make space for things. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what's your take on, uh, now, now that we're on, we're on the subject of tones, there's a subject that I'm trying to get to understand more, and, that, and, that's, and that's phase. Because there's, there's, a, a, cause there's like, you, you could do like the one track, and that's cool, but, or you could do a double track, which is mm-hmm. like, I, I'm trying so hard not to be geeky, but, yeah. but I noticed that when you do two tracks on top of each other, you can't do, like, because you know what I was trying to do on the last record, put a bunch of effects, but you can't put effects on top of each other. So I was wondering how, is that possible to do on two tracks? Or, or do you have to just do it on one? Usually one. Yeah. Or you have to do something different. It's the same thing. It's like it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Because if you have, say like if you have, if you're trying to make a picture, right? Yeah. So you have a puzzle. So you have this. Uh-huh. And if you have two different sounds, you can make them do that. Yeah. Right? But if you have them doing the same thing, this is what happens. Yeah. And they okay. kind of like mask each other. Yeah. Interesting. That's the layman's term to, to talk about phase. Okay. So if you make this, it's just like when you double track too. I try to always when we would do like if we layer guitars like even on heavy rhythms and we if we want to do any double tra- like on the last record we did very little of that. Yeah. Like on the Black Crown we did a lot of like quad guitars and stuff yeah. like that and right, I used to be into that, but now I'm more into getting a bigger tone and getting the best thing out of just the two and like if you want to do it in a couple of spots for impact that's fine. Yeah. But um when you do do that, you have to alter the tone slightly because mm-hmm. if you do two of the same the frequency sometimes if they happen at the at the same time or if they happen opposite of each other they cancel out yeah and that's a question of timing and that's like the uh, you know if you want to get into the techie thing but like when the waves if a wave's going like this and another wave's doing the same thing if they cross opposite of each other they'll cancel out if that's huh. I don't know how else to describe it but yeah. It'll actually make it smaller sounding. So weird. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with a lot of guys, too. They they use this thing like um, uh, there's ways to like use like a, a plug-in. There's a plug-in called Vocaline mm-hmm. where you like you could basically take two waveforms and it'll look at it and it'll go, okay, I'm going to make them super tight. And it's like it actually makes the thing sound way smaller even like with vocals if there's a double track vocal if you line them up so tight that it sounds like one voice it winds up making the voice smaller sounding because it phases out and it it cancels it it cancels half the frequencies or it can yeah yeah that would maybe what you're saying would would explain where like sometimes just doing one track to me i I love just one track this is sound that sounds heavy great Mm -hmm. especially with what you do Especially on the later, like on, on the last record we did and the record you did with Ross with like, you were just going really crazy with all the pedals and all the effects. Yeah. Like it sounds so much bigger with just the one, just like, just make that sound the thing, you know? I, I, I literally just learned that like maybe last week <laughs> where it's like, you know what? I, I want to go back just doing one track. I, I miss that. Mm-hmm. And you have like a, it's, for some reason it still has that big sound, mm-hmm. you know? If you do it right, to- totally. Yeah, yeah. That uh, which I always I got from you is uh, that means you have to commit to something. Yeah, that's you, 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 that's everything. I've I've always you know like ninety 
8% of the time. There's there's a couple of things that I've done where, you know, okay, let's take a DI and let's do something later. But, yeah, uh, you know, because I, it's the same thing, you know, just because I'm quote-unquote old school and I grew mm-hmm. up making records on tape and you had to commit to everything and not yeah. take a DI and, like, do it later. Yeah. Like, you know, that's in all the classic records were always made in that fashion like commit to the stuff don't you know the delay you know like even delays on the solos and stuff like that let's print it let's put it get a tone and let's go listen to it in the track and you know alt you know tweak it while you're listening to the music which is what you're supposed to be doing not listening to it on on an island like only here's the sound okay it's like great we get the tone originally but then I have, you know, every time we'd always, okay, hang on, play along real quick. And I'm going to tweak a little more Yeah. because how it fits in the puzzle. Again, like I talk about, it's like that. It's like how it fits in the track when the stuff surrounding it, mm-hmm. you know, is the most important thing because you're, you're building this mosaic, you know, this wonderful, like heavy or whatever mosaic Yeah. that, you know, it has to, that's how it has to be. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, nothing is in an island. You know, obviously, I would love to always record everything together live if I could. But, you know, th- that doesn't always work that way. Yeah. But it's all about the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, since you you just brought, brought it up, actually, what what does it take to actually accomplish that, to actually record a song or record live? What, what, how does, how, like, how was that accomplished? Um, well, one, pre-production and having the, and everybody having their parts rehearsed is huge, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's everything, you know, I mean, you know, as long as everybody's a competent musician, I mean, you can, there's some degree of experimentation and that's great. And there's some magic that happens too. And sometimes the mistakes are what makes it even better, you know, but, um, it's just being prepared. That's the huge thing. And obviously in the studio, you have to have enough microphones and, you know, yeah. channels on the console or preamp, or if you're not using a console, have enough preamps enough to huh. get all the right tones and the keeper tones. Yeah. Okay. And then do it, you know? Huh. Now I know. It's weird. Uh, you know when you get older, like, you know, you, uh, you just know how to ask questions better. You know, mm-hmm. so he's like, I know what I want, but I don't know even how to ask. I don't know. Like literally, just like things I, I'm asking now, I've always wanted like this bring up, but I yeah, never, yeah. never knew how to like. How do you put that into like a question? You know. Well, you know, I, I've given other interviews before, like, and it's 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 interesting to know that. Um, I never think about my process, ever. Yeah. But I've had to over the past, you know, ever, you know, few years, and I did this course on creative live, and I'm supposed to be doing this nail the mix things soon too, and like, uh, to how to break down my process about stuff, because I'm just like, I don't know, I just turn knobs till it sounds good, I move the mic till it sounds good, it's just like, yeah. But you realize that they're actually, if you really break it down into like micro. There is a process. There is a thought process that goes behind some of it, but it's really just experience. Experience. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Just like you said, you get older, you know how to ask questions. It's like, yeah. I get older, I know how to answer them. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I never, never, yeah, give, it's true. I never give too much thought. I'm like, I don't know, I'm just some dude. I just come here and throw some mics up and you yeah. know, 
turn knobs and make it sound good. Wow. You know. See, and it's good that that we're still evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, it fucking sucks how many years it, that takes, man. I know. It takes years. Yeah, but maybe that's that's part of it. That's part of the journey. Because I think if you knew all the answers, if we knew all the answers ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. True. Where would we be right now? Not here. Yeah, it's probably true. not here. Yeah, it's true. Unless you know you're you the if 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 you have the right attitude and you know even doing the right internal work like to know that you know I know enough to know I know nothing still. True. Same. <laughs> you know what dude. I mean? Same. Like, I have to. You have to constantly try and evolve and try and keep growing and keep learning because then other than that it's death. You know. Totally. Yeah. I know you're right. You got to keep evolving, dude. I I learned literally like a few months ago that. Uh, you know when like when you have like this realization, you're like, oh shit! I I realized a few months ago I have like a massive ego, <laughs> and it hit me like a fucking lightning bolt. You're like, it's you. It's not the other person that you thought. It's you. And like, this sat. But is there. it? Is it? Or is it confidence? Is it being stoked on what you're doing? Is it an ego, or is it like, or is that? Does that? Are you perceiving that as ego? I mean, if you are, that's that's yeah. fine. If you say, okay, I have an ego, that's, you know. I mean, I think yeah. you have to, to a degree. A little one. You have to be able to, to, to be able to step up on stage in front of how many thousands of people and, like, yeah. just go crazy. You have to, like, or you have to be completely oblivious, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, well, one it, or the other. Yeah, it's <laughs> there, like... It's there like, has to be something. There has to be an... I don't know if it's ego, but maybe it is, But if you want to call it that, like I said. But there has to be a, some sort of, like internal something to to let you be able to be free enough on stage to be able to freely express yourself or even yeah. to write a song or to to be you know in the studio and just like yeah there has to be something there i think if if you yeah. have all that crushing self doubt you're never going to get out of the bedroom it was, you know <laughs> like, true. you know yeah. i think i think maybe ego gets a a bad rap and huh. i i think like Ego to, to where you think that you, I think ego to, to the point of, like I said, of like thinking like, you know, everything, then that's, yeah. that's a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I think, you know, like I said, I think it, it's most of the great artists have some sort of ego, if you want to, for the, for the lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's hard to like to to separate what well, you actually just said it um to separate uh what's ego and then what is confidence? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, right? It is tough because honestly, me coming from my personal life, me Steve Evans the producer is different than Steve in my home life. It's like a different yeah. thing. It's hard. It's actually harder for me to have self confidence outside of because maybe it's because of the familiarity or whatever. But like, I'm not as decisive in my personal life as yeah. I am in the studio. And like, I get in, I get in Steve work mode. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what we should do. I know this is what I feel like we should do. This is. I feel like I have a clear path and a clear direction. But then, yeah. when it comes to like personal decisions, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I'm like indecisive. So. That's so weird, huh? Because Steve Evans in the studio, that's you, though. That's right. I that's know. That's you. 
But, I know. But how come that doesn't transfer over to your... Per- it's so weird, huh? I, I still haven't figured it out. 30 years later, I haven't figured it out. Dude, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's so weird how you could be... It's you, but it's still you, though. It's still me. It's still... Mm-hmm. But then when you try and transfer it over... I mean, do you do you feel any of that, like, a little bit? Totally. Really? Totally. Okay. Yeah. Dude, the uh, stage and uh, my learning experience, the uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. When I put on the headphones and the mic, I... My listening skills go up, and I, I just I could carry a, a, com- a conversation better. Right. It's so weird, but then I take I take it off, and I go right back to my fucking loser self, and like it's just like it's like how did oh, how, how, how do you transfer? Yeah, no, I know. Trust me, I've I've been struggling with it for for years. Like Dude. it's a, it's a constant thing. Um, it's fucked. Yeah, meditation helps. Dude, huge, huge. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm only like I'm, I'm honestly only a baby to it. My wife yeah. has gotten, she's full on into it. It's like great. she meditates every day That's religiously. Great. Yeah. And it's like, it's a crazy thing. Like the shift happened with her. It's just like, it's like, yeah. That, that's I, great. I've been trying to get more into it. Some, t- some days I just like, ah, I don't have time. Uh, I, it's, yeah. and it's not even like 10 minutes would probably make a difference, you know? But it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, have you found that even sitting down for a little bit, do you feel like the benefits of it? Mm-hmm. It's uh, just the to slow down the like internal like mental chatter, the internal like the brain going. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. To stop that because even like when I'm doing it, still it's still your brain still like what am I doing? I, I need to like yeah. I start, and the longer you do it, the less that that just comes like sh- kind of fades in the background. It's like background noise. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how much mental chatter you have until you sit down for about 10 minutes and just think about your breath. And then you stop. You're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's just going. That and like even working out like the even just like getting on the like with this pandemic thing, we were so like everything had closed down. But we got um, a Peloton bike. Great. We got, and just even just to be able to like just exercise and breathe and like get a sweat going. Like, huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, you, you got you got to get the blood flowing. Yeah, you know, and I, it's, it's it's fucking crazy. Like, even as uh, like like the older you get, you just know, like, you learn how important your your daily maintenance is. And when you don't do, oh, you know, I won't, oh, I won't jog for like a, like a week. And then for a week, you feel like shit. You're like, oh my what god, the why hell? do I feel so bad? Yeah, you're like, it's crazy how fast that shift happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got you got to stay like on top of it. It's crazy. Yeah. The older you get, the yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember, I think it was during the Black Crown, you were going to the gym after the studio. Mm-hmm. You were a fucking maniac. I still do it. Like, well, now that things are open, like, yeah. you know, I can still go. Uh, there's a, like a Planet Fitness that's like, that opened up right on the corner, like right by the studio. Oh, great. So new, like, new, right? uh, like, a yeah, I could walk there. It's so, nice. so close. That's awesome. So it's like. And they're 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 open twenty four hours now, Are which they? is great. Yeah, Planet oh. Fitness is twenty four hours. Damn. So it's been great because I go. It's the same thing. I like going after the studio because it's like my way of decompressing. Dude, how do you? Okay, because that's because that that's special. Because how do you have the willpower after after a full day's work to still go? Because that's like when people like. All right, I'm I, I'm done with the day. I'm I'm gonna go home. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go? 
because <laughs> I've been sitting in front of a damn screen all day yeah. and I'm all like hunched over and I'm like, oh, everything hurts. I need to like go and like air it out essentially. Whoa. Like that's how I basically like kind of counteract the whole day of sitting. And you could go to bed after that? Mm-hmm. I won't fuck? do cardio. I don't do like any kind of crazy cardio at night. If I do cardio at night, it'll keep me up. Yeah. But if I just do weights, nice. then I get tired afterwards. Interesting. Yep. I'll do cardio in the morning and then do weights at night. Whoa. Well, when when you find your thing, you find it. Mm-hmm. And that's what works for me, you know. But. Yeah. And then you probably drink coffee at night too, right? I could drink, yeah, like I don't a know. Fucking the, freak. It's <laughs> there's some people, there's like a people that have that weird caffeine like tolerance thing. Yeah. And maybe because I drink so much, but I could literally drink a full cup of coffee and go to bed ten minutes later. What? My wife has to cut off at like two in the afternoon, the yeah. absolute latest, or she's screwed. Dude. Yeah, that's uh it's, it's pretty common. But mm-hmm. you uh, you Man, I just grew up around great. it. It's weird. My dad's like that. My grandmother was like that. When I used to like, when she was still alive, when I would like travel back east, like I would fly into JFK and she was like right by JFK. Like, and she's a night owl like I am. Like I'm, yeah. that's just, you know, that's the way my brain is wired. I've always been a night owl. Yeah. And like, I would call at 11 o'clock at night. I'd get off the plane and I'd call her. She'd be like, oh, come on over. I'll make a cup, make a pot of coffee. And I'd go hang out with my grandmother. And like, Dude, that's yeah. sick. Yeah. Wow. So so you and the fresh pot go go far back. Go man. way back. Dang. Mm-hmm. And she was making that old school percolator. That's like that good coffee. What's that? Like the it's like the big it's like a looks like a giant metal teapot and you plug it in and the coffee oh it percolates it 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 like uh there's no f- like real filter but it like a it's like a fixed metal filter and essentially it cuz it it keeps like bubbling up and brewing over it so it's double brewing triple brewing the coffee because it's constantly pushing the coffee through what? the grinds oh yeah that's I like heard of this oh yeah you could get you still get one on online you can get into like 20 bucks dude i never heard of that wow that's like the that's some um, that's the real east coast shit that, like the, <laughs> how do you make a real cup of coffee that that's the evit special mm-hmm. right there <laughs> that's what i grew up on that's why when i can drink drip coffee it's like what is this stuff it's like it's weak <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Although this is a quite a good cup of coffee. Uh, I, I appreciate that. This was uh, brewed just, just for you. Mm. You know, this is freshly. I, I was grinding. I, I grinded it. Mm. I timed it. I, uh, I put the water through through a filter. I, I, I heat up at the perfect. Uh, I'm gonna get really kicky. 196. Oh, did you do a pour over? No, uh, uh, French press. French press. Nice. Measured out the. Uh, it's very good. The uh, coffee grounds. So everything. Very, very good. Is there any more? think so yeah no, i think I, I think it's it actually sorry oh that's all good i should i, I should have known better <laughs> i do I, I filled the fucking french press it was like full of coffee and then i, I pressed it and then it fucking exploded in in the kitchen oh shit and i was like trying to like clean it up because i knew i knew you were really close by I'm like oh <laughs> fuck i made a mess but yeah every, everything is there's nothing like a good a good brewed black cup of coffee nothing like it there's nothing like it dude I love ma- making people coffee, especially people that haven't had a good cup of black coffee. I'm like, oh, wait, wait. You never had, oh, yeah. like, a freshly brewed. Well, yeah, because everybody's so used to Keurigs now. And dude, it's just totally. Like... It's garbage. It's garbage, dude. Yeah. And we're all, like, or the, uh, or, like, or, like, the gas station, 
Oh, or yeah. it's like, you know, oh, the, the coffee with the, the orange handle that's been sitting there since like seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oof. In, in the styrofoam cup with like powdered creamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man, when you have a freshly brewed cup, it's fucking <laughs> God, life changing. I mean, I get it. Like if you put sugar in coffee, I get it. To me, it's like it's like a drug. I've, I've had it literally a couple of times. I can count on one hand how many times I had sugar in my coffee because oh, wow. it's so good that I stay away from it. I'm like, oh, I just want to down this. Do you remember time. when you guys were all all about the bulletproof when we were doing "You Can't Stop Me"? Oh, yeah. We were just like the butter and the coffee, the, the like butter, the full on, the full on, dude. Uh, yeah, Kerrygold, uh, grass fed butter, uh, either coconut oil or MCT, or, and yeah, MCT. And man, your brain's I, on fire. Dude. I just listened to the. I actually just listened to um, Dave Asprey. Uh, the, on uh, on the audio book, the Game Changers book. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy cool. who the bulletproof yeah. founder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, yeah, did great, great guy. Interesting, very well, interesting. He has uh, a, a new book. Uh, I think Changer? it's it's called Game Changers. It's like it's. I think I, it's. I don't think one. it's that uh, new. But I've never heard of that one. It's oh. great. It's great. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I remember when you first wrote a book, it was called like it was like the bulletproof diet. Right. But, so the Game Changer, I never even heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just it? finished it. It's it's fantastic. Really? Yeah. What There's a lot of about? uh just lots of things, little like biohack, mental hacking oh, stuff yeah. and like yeah, he's all about it. Yeah, he's really into like the mental biohacking. The first time I heard biohacking was from from Mark. I was like, What what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Then we dove into the Dave Asprey scene. It's crazy. I saw this six months ago. They have bulletproof stuff in Walmart now. I know. I was Isn't like, that crazy? Oh, that is crazy. Yeah, he dude. turned that into like some crazy brand. But dude, uh full on brand it. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of like interesting stuff that I'm starting to like trying to ex- explore. Not so much like the biohacking because he used to be full on vegan and I'm not vegan per se. I still yeah. eat eggs, but Great. that's the only thing like I'll, I don't Great. do meat or do dairy. Cool. Um, so like he's fully into, well, but he's fully into like all of it. Like, yeah, he goes like full meatosaurus, you know, like, yeah, he, he's in, he's in. Speaking of that, uh, this might ruin it, or uh, you might learn something. Me and Cece just saw Seaspiracy. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I know. I, I mean, like, I haven't really. I've had like fish the you know a handful of times since. Like, my wife and I went full vegan for a while. She still is. Yeah. Uh, but I started doing eggs again, like free range eggs. But, God, you need eggs, dude. Yeah, but. Uh, she watched the sea spirit. She's like, I will never touch seafood again. I'm it, like, it, it does that. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, I know I'm going to watch it, but I'm like, still like, I don't want to watch it. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, I want to enjoy my, my, uh, sushi. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just say, obviously when you see like a documentary like that, you need to like kind of step back and get like a clear head. Okay. How much of it is fluff? What's real? Right. What you gotta, okay. What, what is real? And like, what's, uh. I, I, what are they selling? And uh, let's just say the past month, um, when I ordered Domino's pizza, there's no pepperoni. Yep. It, it made the change, dude. Yeah. It's so weird. It, it just makes you like uh, look at like the mass produce of like the meat and the yeah. And, I and can't. Stuff. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I won't do. I won't do the meat anymore. Yeah. I haven't done it in a while now. Um, and the dairy. I've. I've never been like. I mean, even before I was like not still eating meat, like I was, I was not doing because dairy doesn't agree with me at all. So it doesn't, huh? No. 
I don't. I haven't done dairy in a long time. You have? I never seen you drink. Ah, oh, you're right. I never seen you drink milk. No, never. Huh. It's, I've been drinking almond milk for years and years and years. That's what it is. It's the uh, nut pods. Yeah. Oh, the nut pods. Yeah. yeah. The, yep. It's like like an almond milk type mm-hmm. type deal for uh, the creamer for, for the coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's sick. It tastes so good, man. It's good. Yeah. Almonds are great for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing the oat milk now. Like that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? It's great. Oat milk, like oatly, is like that's like one of the. That's my favorite in the coffee. Dang. So good. So to, so did you find cutting back on meat, does that help, especially like you, like does that help you focus throughout the day when you're like literally there for a 12-hour plus with with five dudes with egos and <laughs> trying and, and try and get tracks down? I don't know does if I... help with focus? I don't know if I've noticed like a huge difference. I get, I'm assuming, yeah, I, I have. Like there's, there's times especially where I really feel really great. Um... And, uh, but it hasn't been so much, it was, it was more of a, you know, and I'm not saying it's fully, a uh, a, a, uh, humanitarian thing, like about, yeah. you know, harming animals, but like ever since, uh, especially ever since we got, we got our dog, yeah you know, uh, that's, that was like the shift for me essentially. Really? Mm-hmm. Just cause it's, you know, when you realize this little dude, you know, it was like, He's like a, you know, not a human at all, but he's just like this great, he feels all this emotion and like yeah. you can go to read that stuff. And it's like, what's the difference between a dog and a cow? There's no, you know, yeah, there's no difference. Dog and a pig, no difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, you're right. It's super tough. When you, when you have a pet, you're like, man, it's like, they're like, they're like, they're like alive. They're, well, it's like you part know? of your family, you know? And so it's like this yeah. thing, if you watch it, you watch its emotions, you watch it react to you and, and emote and like. You know, so, yeah. and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that are like, oh, don't, you know, I don't walk around preaching to anybody like you shouldn't eat meat, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't Same. do that. Yeah. Like, it's just my it's my personal vibe. Yeah, it's good. Like it's it's the best. It's very rare, but if I meet like you know, like like Ross, uh, if you meet like 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 a vegan, but they you, like you don't know. Yeah, like, they they never talk about it or like oh like, that's that's how that's how you do it, man. It's mm-hmm. cool. Just. Just uh, just do your own thing. I mean, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't want to preach to anything, buddy, about anything. You know, like yeah, whatever religion, you know, diet, like whatever. Totally, it's uh, it's it's a little bit difficult when you're out with, with your friends. You know, trying not to eat like you know, I'll get like like a cheese pizza, and we're like, but you don't be like, all right, I'll, I'll get a cheese pizza with no pepperoni because I'm not a fucking murderer. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't like <laughs> put it out there. It's just like you just hey, can I have a cheese pizza? And then like just. Live, live yeah, life, I don't want to, you know, be that guy like, oh, you realize what you're doing right now. You're supporting, oh, so you're, you're propping up an industry that blah, 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 blah. It's blah, shot, dude. No, 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 it's shot. It's not it. It's, it's just not my vibe. And I just, you know, that's fine. Yeah, it's similar to, to religion. It's like, uh, you know, like the people on the corner, it's not the ones that are going to make you probably go to church, you know. It's no, like, <laughs> it's definitely like, not. It's probably not. It's not going to help out, Mm-mm. you know. Do you, I never asked you this before. Do you have a favorite record? That's a loaded question. It is, huh? Yeah. I, I I never asked you before. God, I have favorite records for numbers of reasons, but no, I can't say I have a favorite record of all time. No, I, I honestly I wouldn't I couldn't I couldn't tell you because I just listen to so much different stuff. Yeah, I meant like uh, as far as like uh, tr- uh, tracking. Oh, that I produced. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Loaded question. Loaded question because yeah. I have favorites for different, lots of different reasons. Yeah, it can be like because I love the songs or I love 
how the record sonically came out or yeah just you know having a great time like it brings back the memories of making in the studio and just like you know yeah. the dudes and like it was just you know yeah like you know it's just different favorites for different reasons yeah yeah it's, it's crazy how every record like you've done throughout your career they all mean something they all do you know like uh, they've no all question about it like you just keep building and building and like you know 30 years later i mean you're you're steve evitz <laughs> you know and, and 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 you're still going yep still going not not even not even close no. to, to, to being done not it's even going. close and you, you've always been really you've always been very disciplined and you did really well with always uh keeping taking care of your ears I, i've always seen that i try good. you know well you know the funny thing is that like i damaged them early on when i was in before i was in the studio I damaged yeah. them in like bands and stuff like that. Like yeah. my left side is still, there's a still some frequencies that aren't there anymore. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I've always had it since my entire career. I've wow. known about it. And like, I just know how to like compensate for it essentially. Yeah. Because, you know, when I was in bands, I was here, the drum kit was here and uh -huh. I didn't wear earplugs like an idiot because yeah. I was 19 years old. Like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. And like, you know, the China symbol <laughs> right here. <laughs> Fuck, dude. So, so do you find even stuff you did when you were 19 still made lasting damage now? Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, like I said, I know, like I said, my entire career, there's a little bit of a dip, like, on certain frequencies in my left ear, and I've always known it. I've always had it. Oh, my gosh. That, that's scary. People need to hear that, man. Mm -hmm. You got you to gotta wear it. Wear hearing wear protection, plus. everybody. I know. Just so you know. Wear it. Make sure you wear it. You have to, and just that uh, you'll like you like lay down, and then you hear like that like ringing. I don't have. I luck. Thank knock wood. I don't have. There's no tinnitus. There's no ringing. Oh great. It's just there's a hole like there's a there's a dip, a dip. like in the frequency response of my left ear. Wow. Uh, but like I said, it's oh, it's never not been there. Every single record I made has been like that. But it's not like crazy where it's like I'm deaf in my left ear or anything. Yeah. But there is a there's a little whoop. It's yeah. like a little, the frequency response, the graph, it's like, there's like a, wow. there's a hole there. Well, thankfully, I'm on the right side, so that's why I've, I always sound better than Mark, right? It's always, oh my, why, why is my EQ sound so much sick? Oh, I get, I get, I get the good Steve Evans here. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's like I said, I, it's always, it's never been a, it's never been an issue because, it, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just like anything, you know, you know what your deficiencies are and you learn how to compensate around it. Yeah, knowing. I mean, yeah. I think about, I hear, you think about. You know, going out of the complete world, but Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, who wrote all those insane songs yeah. and produced all those records, yeah. he only has one ear. He only has one good ear. What? Yeah, he's deaf in one ear. Completely deaf in one ear. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Didn't matter. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't. Produced, you know, pet sounds, produced, you know, good vibrations, all those fucking amazing songs. Wow. Only could hear out of one ear. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's crazy. But then again, some of those records were mixed in mono originally, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, yeah, back then, yeah, the, that, that is 60s, right? 60s. Yeah, so there's It was. The original, the original mix of Pet Sounds, if you listen to it in mono, it's so much better than the stereo version. Is it? It's incredible. It's incredible how much depth and space you can perceive without the left right. You can still hear like there's a there's a whole thing and even like that's what I do a lot. 
um, that's a trick in the studio too, like getting mixes to sound right. Yeah. It's like if you can make it sound good in mono, huh. then you're like so far ahead of the game because that that's about like establishing basically depth and front to back. Yeah. In one speaker. Whoa. Being able to like listen to all that stuff in one speaker and, and to be able to discern yeah. between instruments. And then once you spread it out in stereo and then you've got the left right to to help the space. But if you can get it to sound good in mono, you're like, that's how you do it. That's sick. That's that 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 would explain so much creativity uh and if with those uh, mixes and why and why th there is so much depth in, in those mixes. Because mm -hmm. they, they learned to master the like, like the mono. They had to. That was originally stereo was like the the stepchild. The format originally was mono. Huh. Like everybody made records in mono and stereo was an afterthought. Wow. And then when they had stereo, they they put drums on one side and vocals on the other. That's but that's the that's it's very funny when you hear those like Beatles records where the drums are just in the left. Yeah, that was because the stereo mix was they did that after the fact. There was an a complete afterthought. They would make they would spend all their time on the mono mix, and then go okay now we have to do a stereo one. I don't know. Put the drums over there. Put the guitar. Put the vocal over there. What? Like that's their that was their rough way of there was no real pan pots like to go. In between, yeah. it was either there was like most of the old mixing consoles. It was a switch. It was left, center, right. That's it. Ch -ch -ch -ch. That's it. You only had that. Oh, that's why. Mm -hmm. Dang, so you only had three options. You only had three options. Yeah, well, yeah, with the drums over there. Yep, drums <laughs> on the left. I don't know. That sounds all right. That's cool. Uh, sorry, Ringo, but yeah, you're going. You're going over there. <laughs> Dang, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, stereo was a complete afterthought. Like the Beatles stuff, which is, you know, still my Beatles are still my favorite record, my favorite band of all time. First record they did that was actually in stereo was Abbey Road. It was like actually the first real stereo. The first song they actually mixed specifically, specifically for stereo was Hey Jude. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. I, I know that. Yeah. Even the White Album was originally, that was like mono. And then they would do the rest of the Abbey Road was the first real stereo Beatles record. That like, would explain it. I don't know why I, when I listen to Beatles, I always go to Abbey Road. There's like this, they were on some different shit then. I'm mm -hmm. like, like what, why does it sound like it's massive? Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy record, man. It's a great record. Abbey Road. Wow, dude. So good. Boom, boom. I was like, well, what is? Uh, the remix stuff is unbelievable. Um, uh, George Martin's kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, remixed. He, re he did new mixes of Sgt. Pepper, he did a new mix of the White Album, he did a new mix of Abbey Road. Whoa. So they were, essentially, they reassembled the stuff because how they did stuff in the past, like Abbey Road was, the most they ever had was an 8-track tape machine. Yeah. So they only had 8-tracks. So you do the 8-tracks, you bounce it down, you do a mix down of the 8-tracks, then they would, to a stereo, they would then take that eight, those that stereo mix, put it on a new... Tape, new fresh piece of tape on two tracks and then layer more things Whoa. and then mix that down and then layer again that's how they would do it. that's how they did like Sgt. Pepper on a four track it was like they fill up the four tracks bounce it down put it on fresh tape to one track or two tracks layer on two or three more bounce it down go back layer it layer it layer it so they would they had all the tapes archived like here's the first reduction make they call them reduction mixes, so yeah. he, so they would they went backwards, and f 
pulled out the individual tracks through each layer of tape and then put it on like Pro Tools and lined it all up. So they had actual like full on like 48 track mixes or whatever. And, uh, and, uh, Martin, George Martin's kid uh, did did new mixes. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Sgt. Pepper one. The White Album is amazing. His the job he did on the White Album was incredible. So check out the new mix on, on the White the Album. The new mix on the White Album is completely sick. It's it altered my perspective of that record completely. Really. And and Abbey Road is hit and miss. Yeah. There's some stuff that's unbelievable. The new mix he did of Come Together is so sick oh i gotta hear it it's so great how recent is this uh last year two years ago last year that's that's pretty recent two years ago yeah 2019 i think i got i i got i got a question because i know people are thinking this so i'll just ask it is that on spotify Mm, i think so yeah okay yeah it is because you know there's the very common thing is like there's always like the remastered version Okay. Yeah, you always see that. This is the remaster, but they did a new, they did, this is the new mix thing that's on there. Wow, that's sick. Stereo and he really and he really like honored the original mix. Um, the, I like when it basically f- feels like the original mix, yeah. but it just has some added depth and dimension to it. Mm-hmm. Then then there's times where they got a little cute with certain things to make it a little more weird yeah i mean i guess i get it but i just you know i want to hear what i want to hear oh yeah i'm just i'm selfish in that way totally yeah oh you fucking ruined it but this is sick yeah it's 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 it's, it's, it's touching like a a beatles mix i know yeah it's that would be like the weirdest thing yeah i i don't if i was if i was tasked to do it yeah i don't know how i could improve it yeah you know like you know, there's a lot of things now getting um, remixes and stuff like that, like old classic records. There's a lot of people that are doing stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, I just don't know how I would like if somebody offered me like whatever an Iron Maiden record and it's like remix this. Yeah. And it's like, fucking, I love this record's perfect. Why am I gonna remix it? You know, like. Yeah. You you, you like get it and then you send then you send it back. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. Here's the mix. Yeah. Fucking pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I mixed it. I remixed it, dude. I, I gave it a listen. I figured out that it's, yeah, it's, it's done. Yeah, I, I could. I don't know if I would, you know, want to. I couldn't make it modern and give it a. You know, it's just. It would be just weird. It's t- it's, it's weird, huh? It's weird. It's weird. I, I would just like to more have the multi track just to listen to it and listen to the time capsule and yeah. be stoked on that more than anything. Yeah. Like, Check this out. Oh my god, this is so cool. Listen to the vocal solo. Like, oh, listen to that. That's so like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You you have multi-tracks to a few songs and you'll, you'll just start playing it in a studio and you'll, you'll be so stoked on like one part mm-hmm. what, what's the song you always played you always played one song I don't remember which one was it Queen yeah it's Queen oh yeah Killer Queen yeah the guitar solo yeah <laughs> so good that's sick yeah when you hear stuff solo it's like it it's not a diss but it uh, when you hear stuff solo it makes it more human Mm-hmm. It's like, oh it, wait, that's that sounds like that person playing. Yeah. Well, and also like when you really hear it soloed, again, it's that it's the hearing those imperfections. It's not perfect at all. Yeah, love that. I mean, that's where all the imperfections on any recording. It's where the magic lies. It's totally. Not, the magic is in the cracks. It's not on a grid or like perfectly in pitch or any of that crap. You know. Yeah. 
that's where all the magic is totally love love hearing those like solo stuff remember like um it was on youtube i, I found like some track it was uh it was red hot chili peppers blood sugar such magic it was but it was someone posted john Bershante's track the whole record there's not it's not even it's just an hour of like just him i was right. like fuck it I'll, I'll click it and listen this sat there and listen i'm like what the fuck's he doing oh yeah it was like Again, it was like sloppy, but I heard shit I didn't hear before. It was so sick. I'm like, dude, he's that sounds like someone playing guitar, and it was, and it made me it changed my whole perspective on that band. Dude, you, you know ever listen to um, Christian James Hand? No. On uh, he's on uh, was it uh, KLOS? Uh, he does a wherever um, uh, Heidi and Frank, the the talk show guys in the morning. Yeah. They do. Uh, he does this segment, and he does this stuff on uh, on Instagram, the session IG live thing. Okay. He gets. He always breaks down. Like he'll get multi tracks. He gets. He's got access to like gazillion multi tracks of like nice. classic things. Yeah. And he just dude, go check it out. It's amazing. He he'll wow. both if you follow him on Insta- Instagram. Um, he breaks down like multi tracks, just be soloing things and just listening to that. it and like check it out. It's like. I love that. Oh my god, it's just so great. He broke down uh, the Black Crow's Remedy the other day. Nice. Oh my god, just the piano part, the keyboard part, and the guitar playing. Oh, it's just so fucking good. Yeah. So inspired and just so like, ugh. And it was all cut live too, which is like, do you live. Know. Yeah. Gotta do a live record again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's I'm do ready. It. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. It's all, it's all being in the same room and just fucking look at each other. Oh, that would be just the best. I would love to do that. Yeah, how... Again, how, how is that possible? What do you mean as far as like... Yeah, you got, you got to get everyone in, in a room to start tracking. Mm-hmm. Because also... Do it. Also, like, uh, I want... I want other bands to hear, like, like, to hear this too. Like, you know, it's possible. Maybe, you know, fucking try it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Either track live or something. You know, try, try different shit. Well, that's the thing, like, it just, it's so crazy to me, because, like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff we do in the studio, and you overdub a lot of overdubs or whatever, yeah. but even when we, we would track the basics, we always track basics with a live band, Yeah. with everybody playing, even if there were scratches, because yeah. there's a vibe that happens, there's a thing that happens with between everybody playing together, Yeah. that just, like, I just don't, I don't understand producers who, like, record drums last, like, people do that. Well, it's the craziest thing to me. Like, uh, they'll use programmed drums, and then they'll track all the guitars to the programmed drums, so everything's, like, super, like, stiff and, uh, like, you know, like, super, like, gridded and, like, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, track the drums at the end. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess it works for some people. It doesn't work for me. I just don't. It doesn't. It's, it's like, literally, you know, you build a house, and then you put the basement in last. It's, like, what the hell is going on there? Like, you yeah. pour the foundation last. Totally. Like, how do you do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the drummer sets the tone, and the vocal sets the tone, but it's just like, you know. Totally. It's, it's a huge thing. Remember, uh, someone was editing our drums, and they're putting everything into a grid. Oh, my God. I was God. like, what the fuck are you doing, man? This is this will take all the love and passion out. Oh, dude. <laughs> we had to... Recut all those. Like, I got back the first one. I'm like, dude, what do you, what'd you do? Remember, it was just, yeah. so we're trying to play it. We're like, what is this? I was like, okay, okay, I guess, uh, 
That's why we took extra time finishing the record because I had to re-edit all the drums. Crazy. It's uh, it, it's good that that you had that experience because you know, you know both sides. You know, you know the old school way. You know the modern way. You know the in in, in between way. And you probably have a respect for 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 the whole scope of, of things, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people and they started in this in this new new thing and that that's the first thing they, they fucking learn okay you put the drums in the grid and then this is what you do that's like to someone that's the first thing they learn i know, you know and i you tough. know like it's weird because i find myself like this like <laughs> act like the cranky old guy like in my yeah. day yeah. this is how we used to do it and yeah. this is how records real records are made and it's like on my hip yeah <laughs> <out> my- <laughs> yeah I'm gonna to go to a Denny's now and complain about the menu. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Like, but but seriously, like, I just I uh, I get it, and like, you know, you know, more power to people that can take make a record that way and make it still sound like fresh and exciting. But to me, it doesn't sound fresh and exciting. It just sounds yeah sounds really stiff and stale. Yeah. Uh, I just I I can't I can't do it. Uh, you know, like there's something inside me that just like. Maybe to my detriment, but like I can't make a record like an assembly line. Yeah. You know, you know I, I I'm not a full luddite where it's like everything can't be like you know that loose or whatever. But like because I just internally it's what the way I want to hear certain things. But yeah, there has to be. It's never about making it like I like the, you know you know punching in doing things till it sounds tight to me, but. It has to feel tight, not not sound tight necessarily. It's more yeah. about the feel. It's just internally what I'm feeling. It's what I'm craving. It's just like, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, I just want it just to feel a certain way. Totally. And it's it's the same thing of like when I still, every once in a while, I still get to make a record on tape. Nice. And it's like when I do that, it's the greatest thing ever because it's like I, I did a record um, – for this Brazilian rock band called Ego Kill Talent. It just came out, actually. Uh, but we did the record like two years ago. But, it, you know, obviously because of the pandemic, it I just came out. I about that record. Yeah, we did the record at 606 uh, yeah, up at the, food, at the Foo Fighters place. Nice. And um, we did it primarily to tape. I dumped it onto Pro Tools afterwards. But, like, it was, like, the greatest thing ever. Because for me, like... It was like a drowning person coming up for air finally. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, it was so good. Because, like, just playing tape and punching in on tape and, like, listening to the sound come out of the speakers and if you're overdubbing guitar, like, reacting to it rather than, like, looking at a screen going, okay, here's where you come in. No, don't look at the fucking screen. Listen to the music coming out of the speakers and play along. It's, like, the best thing ever. Because, you know, you listen back to it and it, it, whether on a subconscious level or not, like looking at that screen, it's like, eh, this isn't that tight. But is it? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. Listen to ACDC back in black. It's like, I guarantee you, if you put all that shit on the, on a grid, like, or put it on, on into Pro Tools and looked at the screen, mm-hmm. when you hear the song back in like, like yeah. you hear those downbeat, I guarantee you. Where the kick is and where the guitar is, they're probably like, look, yeah. like in Pro Tools, it probably looks like a fucking the Grand Canyon, how big the gap is. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. But but that gap is what makes the thing sound so huge. 
totally. it's like everybody going and everything it's like breathing is one it's just like this big yeah it's everything together it's this giant yeah. you know yeah it's i wonder which i have i have not heard a band do it yet uh successfully is be kind of cool to track everything that like like what you're saying live to tape sounds sick but then maybe have someone else come in that's like super like new modern and put like a a polished modern mix to it i wonder like that dynamic sound yeah i, I want how how do you think that would sound and feel uh it could sound good there's no question about it i mean that's what i try i've i've always tried to ride that line yeah to try and like still make it feel old school but you know have the mix when i when i when i mix the records try to still have it sound i don't want it to sound too like it was made in 1975 you oh, know you, what you i mean okay you don't want that yeah no i mean i mean unless that's the intention sure but i try to give it a modern twist but totally. not make it sound too robotic either that's the problem is like a lot of yeah. that stuff you make it just winds up sounding robotic yeah and i never want that i want it to feel like that like that like that ego kill talent record i did like you know it has a modern polish to it but nice but we did it to tape and like we did it old school i gotta so, hear that record i love how it came out it's great um and you know tracking there at the foo's place and tracking on the sound city console and tracking the tape Dude. and you know just the best Damn. Me and Alex been wanting to go there for a long, long, uh, yeah. long Yeah, I'm long about time. to. I'm. I'm actually about to go back there for an, another project. So really, yeah, I'm very excited. Sick, yeah. dude. Man, how, how is it being in that room? Well, it's great. You know, it's cool because it's the Foo's place and whatever, and that's all fine and good. But the studio itself is a great sounding control room, which I love, and it's a big control room. I love that. I hate. I love like bigger control rooms you don't feel so claustrophobic yeah um and just everything sounds great you can hear everything perfectly it's just it's the the room itself is fantastic the live room is enormous it's almost too big yeah uh um but there's no history in the room per se because it's the studio's only been built for ever you know not even 10 years it's been you know or maybe it's been 10 it's, it's somewhere around there it's not like a new it's a, not an old classic room it was built recently yeah you know and say in the last 10 12 years um the sound city console is great i mean i used to uh, i did quite a few projects in sound city before it closed so. did you really mm -hmm. i never knew that yep yeah i did a quite a few things at the sound city what'd you do there uh I did a couple EPs. I worked with Ross there a couple times. I did uh, uh, a Static Lullaby. We did drums on the self-titled record. We really? did there. Yeah, I did He Is Legend there. Yep. I never knew that. Yeah. Yep. All right, so I got to check out Static. Uh, They're self-titled. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was the that drums. That was the third record we did We did at Sound City, yeah. Wow. Yep. What'd you do with Ross there? Uh, we did a couple little projects there. We actually did a, a full band remix of a Lenny Kravitz song. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz is heavy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We did a, it was like a, a remix, but it was basically just, we did a, a, a band. We, Russ assembled a band and we, we recorded a new version of music with just flew in Lenny's vocals off of Pro Tools. Whoa. Yeah. 
Well, it's cool that you got to see that room be, before it was, it was no more. Yeah, it's still there now. It's it's open again, but with a different console in there. And whatever. Is it? Mm-hmm. Since when? Uh, it's It reopened a while ago. At first, somebody bought it, and this French guy bought it and put this old Helios desk in there, which is like another old classic console. Uh, and then he pulled out, and then someone else is in there, and there's like a Neve-type console in there. It is a Neve console with like a, a Vetus um, redone Neve console. Huh. Yeah. yeah. How... How's it sound? I haven't I haven't tracked there. I did a, I mixed something that was tracked there on the Helios desk and it sounded great. Really? Yeah. Huh. Man, I can only imagine being in that room, dude. Like Nirvana was in that fucking room. Mm-hmm. The live room looks from the pictures I saw looks exactly the same. They haven't really touched the live room really. Uh, the control room is way different now. There's no shag carpet on the walls or anything like that. Yeah. And like the. And they, yeah, they kind of redid the lounge area. And like, you know, Sound City was never like this, like, oh, look at this cool place. It was less like, it was a very dingy kind of dirty, but it was great because the history of that place, you know? Yeah. Like I said, the room was, the control room small and there's shag carpet. There used to be shag carpet on the walls. There was no real treatment in the, you know, crazy. Man. What's, what's your take with, um, especially with the whole like modern way of recording we all want to you know do things cheap and 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 stuff but what's your take of like recording in those rooms that have all that history is is there something to it Uh, yeah there is i think so i mean it's just like i i like but i'm also like a history buff like in just in in life i was always like a history buff like just to go to certain places and like you know you just kind of feel the ghost in a certain room you know what i mean like yeah um, even like as a sports fan, like, well, you know, I wasn't a sports sports fan, but I was a baseball fan. Yeah. Like when I used to, when I lived back East and going to the original Yankee stadium and like, you know, you walk in and it's like, this is the place where Babe Ruth actually played yeah. and, yeah. you know, Lou Gehrig played and Mickey Mantle played and like mm-hmm. just the ghost of it or going to Fenway Park, same thing. Like yeah. you see all these, you know, classic, you know, all this history of the stuff. I like history and I like the, I really feel like places have a a memory or a soul of like all the energy that's passed through them yes. and like going to sound city and knowing you know dio holy diver was done there and nirvana was yeah. done there and like you know even the console like oh the, you know like what's passed through this console like oh, yeah when i did the cure record we rented the old console from emi studio three that Dark Side of the Moon was recorded and mixed on. We tracked Whoa. the whole Cure record through that console, and just like, just to pull those, like, oh, this is yeah. like, oh my god, like you feel the ghost of it. Yeah. And we tracked at Olympic Studios, which is like, you know, how many fucking Jimi Hendrix and how many classic records were made in this, wow, in this room. And even the Beatles recorded, like, All You Need Is Love in this room, and like. There's the Bo- I sat down at the Bosendorfer piano that like John Lennon played in the video for All You Need Is Love and like I'm playing the song yeah. and like freaking myself out like oh yeah. my god this is awesome like you know yeah yeah so so I, I I think I think that 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 plays a part in it but I think also to anybody who makes records just in their bedroom I think having Everybody should have the experience of making the record a record in a like a proper studio with a producer, 
I think that's a huge <clears throat> that's a huge thing. Yeah. I really do. Even guys who who do the stuff themselves in their own bands and there's a lot of them are very skilled at what they do. They're skilled producers and they they you know record their own stuff and they record their own material. But I think having the outside ear and outside perspective you can't put a value on that. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. I think, you know, some bands can get away with producing themselves self-producing, but I feel like at least once in every band's career, or musician's career, they should have the the they should ex- have the experience of working with an outside producer and and gaining an, uh, someone else's perspective on how to how to approach things and how to do things. Yeah. That's true. And that's uh you get experience and you get and 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 you learn. Mm-hmm. You don't really this one thing that fans really talk about is you don't learn anything when you're trying to save all this money and you're just it's just you guys track try tracking a record and putting it out even if it sounds great you don't learn no pretty much of anything you got you got to like literally go out and bring you know like somebody else in and then you learn and then you could transfer that to your whole the rest of your career it's true there's there's the old scientific saying that nothing exists within a vacuum yeah and that's the truth that's an absolute truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, believe that. And, uh, you know, as, you know, being on both sides, you know, uh, you know, you want to go to producer or you want to go to engineer or now, you know, oh, we should do the rec- records ourselves. We just save a bunch of money. And then, you know, oh, oh fuck. Fuck Steve Bappas. You know, let, let, let's, just, let's just do it in here. Save, save a bunch of money. But once you come back to reality, we're like, okay, there is like a middle ground. And... And there mm-hmm. is something to be said when you bring in somebody else that has fresh eyes, a fresh soul, a fresh ears. Yeah. And, and how experience. many times? How many times? Like you know, even in pre-production, we were like, you know, because you, you you run in a bubble, you're mm-hmm. running in circles. You go, oh man, this is this is right, this is good. Well, we can't really we can't really figure out how to do this. Yeah. And all one person has to say is one thing. It could be literally the slightest little idea. Yeah. But what about that? Yeah. All of a sudden, that all of a sudden you open up a new road and you go, oh look and then that inspires you yeah it's not even necessarily that i go here's the way forward yeah but i could literally say one thing that will spark you to think about it and look at something differently yeah and then you take it from there yeah. i think there's such a value in that like just that perspective totally to like help you see a different way totally yeah you know? it's huge you know and we we need it, you know, especially when we're so, we're just so close and like you got the uh, tunnel vision, you know, just like, it's, it's all, it's all you see. Yeah, you, you, you get need the, like someone to like kind of like slap you and like, hey, try, try, you know, yeah. there, 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 there's all this. But like I said, <laughs> it's not even like, hey, try this. It's yeah. literally, what about that? And then, like I said, I could literally just go, I could say two words yeah. and that inspires you to think differently. Yeah. And then I just step back. Like I, you know, uh-huh. I used to, the older I get, the more is like, you realize when to push it or when to just so and then go, you guys know what you're doing. I just, I just gave you a little, here's a fork in the road. Take that fork and see where you guys go with the fork in the road. Yeah. And like, it's, it's took me a long time to figure that out because it was always used to be like the sheer force of will. No, this is the way you got, I'm telling you, just do this, do that. No, But it's it's, you know, sometimes it's just like, point you in the direction, and then sit back and get in the back seat and go, okay, let's see where you guys go with this now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, being you know, being on the 
other side of being that band that I'm about, I'm about to talk about is how do you deal with like, how do you do it? Okay. Like this is kind of like a mess and, and how do I, and how do how, how do I fix it? <laughs> you know, sometimes again, it's just more about, okay, is it a mess or is it just, it, you just need to point them in a different direction. Okay. It's just as simple as that. Sometimes you have to be heavy handed and, you know, I've done that too, but, uh, but it's never from a point of like, I know better. It's just like, okay, well, let's see if uh, my whole goal always has been to just like, all right, what are you guys doing? Let's make this the best it can be. Let's take you and maximize what you're doing yeah, and make it the best version of that. It's not necessarily to point to go, no, that's the wrong direction completely. It's like, okay. I see where you're going with this, but how do we make this the best version of going left, you mm -hmm. know, and not go, no, you need to go right, you know? Yeah. It's probably tough, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a bunch of egos, you know, it's tough. And there's that whole, you know, it's like <laughs> so many people ask me, it's like, how, what do you, well, I, you produce records, so what does that mean? And it's like, oh boy, where do I start? Yeah. You know, like. It's it's a lot of things, and you know, to sometimes to get there, you have to deal with, and then dealing with the interpersonal dynamics of the band, and knowing totally. who's what, totally. and who you have to kind of soft pedal it a little bit, and to get around that, and like, yeah. you know, but it's it's always just the always the end goal is the best thing, the best possible you know yeah. outcome, at least the best one you can hope for. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so much is so difficult to like kind of, and especially you, you have experience too with like working with the same band, but also multiple records and multiple, mm -hmm. uh, even throughout a, a decade, you know, and, and pass on. You, and you've seen different versions of a band and you kind of have, maybe you probably have to evolve with like the, like, like, like the band and the, well, okay, wait, actually, this is different. Now we got to try this. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. It's definitely a, a a different thing, you know. I mean, even going from my experience with you guys, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, going from the first record with Mitch and then yeah. starting 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 production pre production on the second on the next one, and then you know the unfortunate thing happened with Mitch and yeah, and then just stepping back and like letting you guys heal and do what you had to do. Yeah. But then when we dove into the You Can't Stop Me record, um, I feel like on now, you know, how many years, eight years post, mm -hmm. almost, uh, thinking like, no, we'll just kind of like <clears throat> do this and we'll make it like, like it was, but the same, but different, but, yeah. but you know. Yeah. And then, you know, I think that in retrospect, we probably would have done things a little differently in cer on certain things. And other things I wouldn't change. Of course. But I feel like we really tried to, like, force it back into that box totally. in a way. Totally. Um, and then, uh, you know, you guys did the record with Ross. And, you know, you went off and experimented and did what you felt like you needed to do there. Yeah. And then when it came time to do the, the, the new record came from such a pure place it didn't come from a place of like we're trying to force anything it just felt mm -hmm. very natural mm -hmm. again 
Yeah. Like it did when we did the Black Crown. Yeah. Like it felt completely natural. It didn't feel like yeah. we were forcing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like the Black Crown was kind of cool. I kind of realized that I don't think Steve Evans ever got like an optimal suicide sounds. There's always something going on. You got <laughs> Black Crown, which is a great record. Uh, but, you know, we're all fucking drunk and still we're, we're still you know a, bu- a bunch of druggies and then next but one is with a new singer next and, one's a new singer and the right. next one is without alex we right. haven't really had like a fucking optimal well hopefully time. we get to do that there we go <laughs> and uh it's crazy how long it takes you you know to get like to get like a straight head you know and uh and and uh, get everyone, and also everyone else on, on on the same page with like a good thought process, a healthy thought process, and mm-hmm. it takes a long for us, dude. I mean, well over ten years of like just you know. Now we're finally maybe like, we're we're all in pretty good headspace and yeah. No, you know the funny thing is the Black Crown thing. Yeah, there was the. I mean, I didn't really see it as much because you guys yeah. kind of like hit it for me in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like the whole, all the you know all the crazy drug use i know you were smoking smoking a lot of weed but like yeah nothing else i didn't really see a lot of (laughs) the other stuff that was still going when i found out after the fact that was going on internally with the band but like of course but that was also fueled by youth i mean you still had a lot of that like you know you against the world like fuck it attitude and like there was a lot of just like youthful piss and vinegar that went into that (laughs) record for sure yeah yeah and like that overcame a lot of it's true. That thing. No, you know right. what I mean? You're right. Um, but I feel like the fire we got on the on the last record was pretty damn awesome. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that, you know, Al wasn't there, but, you know, at least in spirit he was, you know. Yeah, he was. For sure. You know, he was. Uh, I just did a, a track with him last last month. In Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw Al like uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Chris Hornbrook's oh, birthday yeah. party. Oh, yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was pumped. He was like, I hung out with Steve Bevis and, and Chris, <laughs> and, and I saw Jeff, and uh, yeah, and uh, I saw Greg. I'm like, damn, it was fucking badass. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> he was fucking pumped. Um, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, it was like, what he left, uh, what did he leave, Tuesday? For, yeah, he, just he just left. He just left Tuesday. So, yeah, it yeah. was last week I saw Chris. I saw Alex. And he, he brought the, uh, like, this is what I've been wanting to hear for a long, long time, man. That uh, was the theme for the the theme for the podcast is what yeah. you did yeah, yeah. awesome went there it's, uh, literally got tones same day tracked it's been done and uh, Alex fucking brought it man I'm fucking super proud of him it's like the way way you played him like, oh oh yeah that's I haven't heard that in a long long or seen it in a long long time it was it's was, it was really uh it's cool it's just it's again it, it goes back to what we were talking about when we first started chatting it's just it just sucks how long it takes you just to come back around dude and have that 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 retrospect and that experience to like to learn yeah it sucks it has, it has to be that way man yeah but you know it, it's up but it's also I, I look at it as like just think of the gratitude you have just that you actually kept pushing to get there and yeah. you actually got there because yeah. so many other people would have just like said fuck it and just stopped yeah given up you know what i mean Totally, many because it's hard. Dude. Like the internal thing is a, is a very hard thing. It is to to really get there and to recognize it. Yeah, know? it is a lot of uh, man. So humbling 
when you have those realizations and then you realize like your weaknesses that are affecting you, other people, the band, uh, the people that work with with you, family. It's like how it just affects everything when you, you know, I'm guilty. I, I've, I've been point, pointing a finger uh, plenty of times. I mean, what, what's up with Steve Abbott? What's up with Mark? What's up with Eddie? What's up with Dan Kenyon? What's up with Alex? I've always pointed the finger. Then once like you have these realizations, it's so humbling, dude. You're like, oh, wait, this is me. <laughs> this is me, man. This is my, this is my doing, my fault. And it's so, yep, because, it will bring you to your, your you, knees, man. It, it will. Because you always go, what you're doing, you see how it's affecting me? It's like, yeah. you go, what about me? What about me, 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 me. It's yeah. like, no, no. It oh, is God. me. It's my reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, the me, me. Actually, yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, you're right. It's me. Yeah. Dude, it's fucked. It's so it's, fucked. It's so it's, crazy. It's fucked, man. It's just like that little aha moment you have. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's... Oh, uh, you know, man, honestly, the, this... There's been so much that's obviously been fucked. Like, we did this killer record, and two weeks later, the world shut down. You yeah. Know? The record came out two weeks later, the world shut down. You never got, you haven't gotten the tour yet, which hopefully you are going to soon, it's feel, in a few months. Good. Yeah. Uh, but this lockdown has been such a blessing in a lot of ways because yeah. it's made so many people realize so many things mm -hmm. that they took for granted. Totally. You know, totally. it's been, it's been just, luckily I've, I've managed to keep working with mostly mixing, you know, through yeah. this whole thing. Uh, and I'm starting to like actually start recording again, which is great. Nice. Um, but you know, my wife and I are vaccinated. It's great. Like we're actually go out and not worry about too much, you know, not like yeah. I'm licking doorknobs or anything like that, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but almost, uh, there. almost there, but, um, <laughs> Just the fact, just when going to Chris Hornbrook's birthday party, That's like great. hanging out with a group of people. Yeah. The first time I've done it in my year. It's crazy. Wow. Like that many people like hanging out together, like just yeah. having a meal. It's crazy. That's, That's crazy. It's a trip. And just being able yeah. to appreciate like, what we still get to do for what I still get to do for a living. Like, it's like, wow, this is fucking crazy. It's awesome. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's everything. Like, and I, I've, I've grown to appreciate what I do even more and I've never not appreciated it, but like, yeah, it's like when you get it taken away from you, it's like, Oh it's, God. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But I got to spend yeah. way more time with my wife. I got married last year. Congratulations. Like, thank you. That's dope. Um, you know, like she's working from home still. And it's just like, I've never seen this much of her before. We've never get to see, yeah. you know, because I would, you know, the hours I work in the studio, it's like, mm -hmm. we're like two shifts passing in the night. Like I see her, you know, like wake up in the morning she goes to work. Like, oh, bye, hon. Give her a kiss. Like, you know. And then, like, I'd see her, like, if we would have Jagger in the studio, like, like, when we were making the record, she would come and pick him up, like, on the way home from work, and I'd see her for a second, give yeah. her a kiss, and she would take Jagger home night, yeah. and, like, but, wow. like, now it's, like, I see her every morning, I, you know, wake up, I kind of come in there and make her a cup of coffee or whatever, yeah. and I, like, get to actually talk to her, and it's, it's been, Beautiful. it's been awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, that was... That was only possible with with uh, what, what, 
what happened. So you're right. It was kind of like a for a lot of people. I think for us, I mean, it, it, it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what you did. Now you're doing this. Like you wouldn't have probably have done this if you were you were on the road for the past year no. promoting uh, promoting become the hunter. No, finally, finally I had time. Finally, I had the spiritual, emotional capacity to take on something this this serious. Was it was it that you thought of this? Were you thinking about it, or was it from the like I said? Because when I when I saw the set, I was like, this reminds me of like when the, your Q and A session when after the live stream stuff. Yeah. Was that when you kind of thought about doing it, or was that that, that like uh? Were, have you been were you thinking about doing it before that? I've been thinking about doing a podcast for uh, right when Eddie joined the band. Oh no, kidding! That that many years. Wow. It's been like it's been a thought. I'm like I almost had a podcast, but just didn't have the emotional capacity to do it. It was so like there's so much going on with the with the band and and then and then myself. So finally, like had like some realizations and then uh, had the you know, time and do it. So fuck it. Awesome, man. Going in. But yeah, look at that. Look what happened here. You doing this thing, you know? Thankfully, blessed. You know, I, I get to have these, you know, amazing conversations with with you, like Ross, you know, and, you know, my, I've known you for over 10 years. I know. And, you know, this is, this is like the, by far the best conversation we've, we've, we've ever had. And uh-huh. there's like these, these cool things that are happening that I, you know, I'm, I'm again like this. This year has been definitely like a secret blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. Well, Alex got married. Mark awesome. got married. Yeah, I went to their, their both the weddings on the iPad. It was cool. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> I didn't know what Mark was, was what he was talking about. He's like, yeah, I'm getting married. So I, I knew he only had a very few select people. So I'm, I'm honored that that, uh, that I was a part of it. And it was a trip. I was in the living room where mom and dad were on an iPad. Watching Mark get married. Watching Mark get married was like, it was very uh, surreal. My, this is this is happening right now. He's getting we're on an iPad. He's getting married, and like, there's like there's just no way. I want shit. I don't have a speech prepared. Like I don't know what to say. It was like wow, and then like a fucking what like two weeks later, uh, Alex did the same thing. It was like it was we all got married within like weeks of each other. Yeah, and then and then you and then you and Jen got married shortly, shortly after. We were. Mark was before us. We were August, August 14th when we got married. So I think Mark was like right after us or right before us. And then Maybe. Alex was like October or September. You might, right? you might be right. How, how did you do it? Courthouse. Went to, Courthouse? Yeah. Went to the, the, county, the county registrar in, da- in uh, Downey. Not, and that was it? That was it. There's no... We were always planning on... We never were planning on having a big wedding. Yeah. Um, we were going to just go to the courthouse in Long Beach. Yeah. Like across, literally, we live across the street from the, from the courthouse, the Long Beach courthouse. Yeah. And, uh, we were just planning on doing that and then flying back East and like having dinner with like Jen's mom and my dad and like yeah. my sister and Jen's sister and the end. Yeah. Uh, but we couldn't even do that because of the pandemic. We couldn't even fly back East. Totally. And we couldn't even have any, we were going to do it via Zoom, like have, invite people. That, that we were doing away with the Zoom thing. So literally, we, we just went to get our... We finally couldn't even get our marriage license. We were going to do it in May, but the, the office was closed, so we couldn't even get our marriage certificate. Oh. We applied for it, and then finally, like, uh, beginning of August, they're like, you can come get your marriage certificate. And we, like, you know, we yeah. got it. We just went and got it, and then they're like, hey, do you want to, you know, you want to do it next Friday? We're like, we looked at each other like, okay. Wow. <laughs> that was it. We got married. 
Well, nine never. years later, you know, but Another better blessing. late than never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, you're better, better late than ever. Yeah. I mean, after nine years, you have a, you have a pretty solid. Yeah, I think we were, yeah, pretty much determined that we were going to be together. <laughs> Speaking of you being indecisive outside, outside the studio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go, Steve. <laughs> exactly. See? That's cool. Like, uh, producer Steve probably would have been married, uh, you know, eight years, eight years before that. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And here we are still trying to figure out how to transfer us to the outside world. Uh-huh. It's weird. It's always it's, trying to figure it out. It's still. fucking weird. So it, you, you're, you're making me feel more comfortable. I'm like, all right, like, all right, this is like, all right, a, I'm a, doing a all right. Thing. I'm doing okay. This yeah. is a normal thing. People outside the element, you feel like, oh, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. How do you? How do I be mean? Yep. <laughs> Trying just it's so weird. It's, Ross too. Ross got married, you know, this year too. Oh yeah. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. I never thought that guy was gonna get married ever. Yeah. Proud of him, man. I'm, I'm proud of Ross. I am too. So fucking cool. I just spoke to him last night. Yeah. Yep. Just hadn't caught up with him in a while, so. It's great. Yeah, we've known each other twenty two years. 22 years. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? We met, uh, I mixed a record that he produced, uh, Amen. Oh. That's how. That was it? That's how we met. Well, and uh, Barisi, Joe, that's how we all became friends off this one record because Joe was mixing the record and Joe got fired. And then I mixed the record. Whoa. And then, Damn. yeah, Joe and I became friends because of that, and Ross and I became friends, like, pretty much instantly when I was mixing that record in New York. Yeah, Ross loves you, man. Yeah, same. Yeah, you guys, you guys have a very cool friendship. Yep. You know, 22 years, huh? 20, 20, yeah, 22 years. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, huh? Yeah. I need to jam that record. Amen. Yep. That's one. That's a very rare Ross record that I never jammed. Mm-hmm. And that was like the old days. That was like done at Indigo Ranch. Yeah, I need to fucking jam that shit. You know, I was just thinking, you know, you know, thank you for introduce, introducing me to Ross. It was uh, yep. during the Black Crown at 7-Eleven. Me and Mark, then oh, Kenny yeah. were I buying drove beer. You up to the, I, right. I drove you up. I sent you up to his because we borrowed something from him. We borrowed an amp or something from him, right? Did Wasn't you, that what it was? Remember, uh, we, we met him at 7-Eleven first. Remember? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Remember that? It was like... We, oh, no. He was right by the studio. You, yeah. He was at the 7-Eleven by my studio. It was so was random. There. Yep. We were just buying beer. That The day was over. Like, you and we happened to both go to 7-Eleven, and we're, we're buying beer, and, and like you're like, do you know Ross? I was like, this, that's right. is, this is not fucking happening at midnight at 7-Eleven <laughs> in, in fucking Garden uh, Grove. I forgot about that. That's so funny. That Dude. That's right. We I, I introduced you to Ross then. Yeah. I know, and then you did a fucking double whammy. Is like you, you were being re- really fucking cool. Like you were sending me and uh, I think it was Alex to drop off that that mic. That's what it was. It was the mic. Yep. Because you knew what a big fan I was, and you're like, and and you were pushing me to do it. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm nervous. Yeah. But so like, just go. thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. It was, so, it was so cool. Yeah. It's so funny how like you meet someone that you look up to, and you're so weird when it happens. But then when you're done, you're like, oh, so fucking cool. Uh-huh. You're like, oh my god! If I made an ass for myself, whatever. Yeah, I completely forgot about the Seven Eleven thing. That's so funny, man. So random how you can meet one of your heroes in a Seven <laughs> Eleven. It happened. We're just buying beer. 
buying beer. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have been. Buying beer going back to your Motel 6. Yeah. The Motel 6 there. And we got fucking banned from. <laughs> Fuck. What, because you had the extra, you yeah. had too many people in the room? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, DK and Mark had the bed, so I brought my, uh, my fucking spare. S- and uh, obviously, something happened where we didn't, there's a miscommunication, and then we showed up one day, and our shit was outside. They just threw it out. Uh, yeah, they were just looking for reasons, dude. Oh, it was dude. fucked. So funny, man. But nothing that a fresh pot can't fix. Nothing. You know, she showed up the next day, and you made a fresh pot, and it's all, all, all good to go. And it's all good. <laughs> it's fucking sick. Well, Steve, I don't want to take too much of, of your time, man. Dude, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for it, having me. It was a pleasure, man. Thank, thank you for, for making the drive. You came from Long Beach, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I came from the studio. Okay. Actually. Oh, nice. I came from Garden Grove, yeah. And you got to go back, huh? I'm going to go back because I'm working on a mix right now for an Australian band. Nice. So I'm trying to, like, I've been working a little later because the schedule is, you know, they're 17 hours ahead. So oh, it's like dealing with, like, mix yeah. changes. It's like... I'm awake, they're asleep. They're awake, I'm asleep. It's yeah, like, it's fucked. It's, yeah, it's a little, takes a little longer. Yeah. But, but yeah, I have to finish another mix and send it off to the band, so. Great. Well, I hope this gave your ears a little, little break. Yeah, for sure. You go go back, I'm like, yeah. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm ready I'm ready to mix now. With ready my, to go. With my one ear. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's like, it's. One and seven eighths of an ear. Uh, okay. Yeah, That's it's good. only a little bit. There's only a little. little <laughs> well, Steve, uh, is, is there any records that you did that that are coming out? Songs or any, anything coming out? Uh, no. Well, just this this thing I'm mixing right now, but I can't cool. really. I don't think they've they've talked about it yet, so I can't really talk about oh, it. But yeah. that Ego yeah. Kill Talent record just came out uh, like a month ago. So I'm gonna jam that record. Go jam that record. Dang, that, that's the one I, I, I need to hear. So on, on tape, you did it. Dang, I, I need to hear that one. Yep. What, what's it called? Uh, the Dance Between Extremes. Okay, oh, that's a pretty cool name. Yeah, it's on uh, BMG. So, yeah. BMG? Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, damn. That's hot. <laughs> it's hot, not shot. It's hot, not shot. <laughs> Are you shot or hot? No, I'm hot. You're fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you? Uh, on the I- IG? Uh, yeah, just the IG. I'm not on Facebook anymore. I got off that. Attaboy. I can't. I can't. I couldn't do it. It's rough. Just, man. just, just get mad. Yeah. <laughs> just too many, too many arguments. Just IG totally. Steve Evitz, uh, Steve com, you know, website and, but really just the IG. That's like where you want to keep up with me. Great. Well, it was Ross's idea. I think it's phenomenal. Is uh, have another podcast with me, you. Ross and Alex. Oh, that would be great. Dude. I was like, well, yes. Alex is gone for seven weeks. Yeah. So it wouldn't be till Yeah, it's like till, until summertime. But when you come back, we'll have a, we'll have some AC in here finally. All right. So so I think uh, we're at the last few podcasts where uh, we're, we don't have AC in here. But but when you come back, it's gonna be fucking fucking pumping cool air. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll have more coffee in advance, I promise. Fresh podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, well, until next time. All right. Steve, appreciate it, man. Love you, man. Thank you, man. Love you too, brother. Later. Later.